Welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. We are on episode 208, I believe. Seven? Uh, eight? Eight. I don't know. I just looked it up. YouTube it. <laughs> I, I took the tubes of the U and looked it up. It was 208. Oh, good that somebody's doing that. Yep. Welcome to episode 208. I am Gonzo. I'm Kathy. That's John. John. <laughs> John is he smacking away on some probably delicious little treat on the way back? A donut. Like plain bagel untoasted. Oh. Because if I don't eat something, this is going to end poorly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's fair. Got to absorb some of that already. <laughs> 208. That's so many. 208. So type thing. But, um,. <laughs> we want to thank everybody for being here. We also want to thank our sponsors, uh, Mini Masterworks. Uh, don't forget to check them out and make sure you use the uh, code that we have, more than dice MMW10 for 10% off your order. John's got something special to say about that. Um, I need to order a paint shaker. Oh, you need to order that paint shaker. Yes, that paint shaker is amazing. Uh, I've got one. I love it to death. This thing is amazing. Can't see it, but... Look, here it is. I love mine. I use it a lot. It's an amazing piece of equipment. And it's a reasonably Xander priced. wants to know what the topic is. The topic we're going to be covering is... We're going to be talking about building characters and role-playing characters. And how we do it, why we do it, and what we do, and stuff like that nature. Yeah. Character building. Yay! We, we, uh, we came up with that eight minutes before the show, by the way. Yep. <laughs> As is tradition. Yes. Yep. Uh, on top of that, don't forget to check out uh, Muse on Minis for all your tokens and dice and uh, terrain that they have there. And you can also use the code more than dice, all one word, and get also 10% off your order there too. Um, <laughs> uh, other than that. Um, I will be painting uh, some more Warcaster models while we talk about this because I have to get everything ready for Adepticon in roughly two weeks. I think it's, what, 17, 18 days, something like that. Uh, so I got to get all that done. I'm almost there. Almost, almost there. So <clears throat> get that going. I'll <clears throat> be working on some troops. I have some, uh, I think I have like two Warjacks I have to get done, three Warjacks I have to get done too. So other than that... Uh, John, do we have any tributes this week? I know there was something. We missed some last week because we uh, we did our custom shout out there. Oh yeah. Um, we missed the individual who played Hulahan in Match, the movie version. Gotcha. Which I will say, I've never. I've only seen the movie version once. Actually, I don't really remember it very well. No, I was much more TV version. Um, hold on. It's worth watching. This And then I know Captain Mizzy showed me one, and I don't remember who she showed me. Uh, well, she's in here. She might tell us. Yeah. Nope, it's not working. Just trying to see who. Uh, I'm going through everyone. There's a lot of people who, I mean, it's terrible to say don't know them, but I don't know them. They weren't... Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people around the world, unfortunately. Correct. A lot more in fucking Ukraine. 
That's the only one I see sticking out at me as someone I unfortunately recognize. And I actually don't even know her name because I haven't seen it anymore. Kathy might remember. I mean, I guess technically Alan Ladd Jr., who is a film producer and studio executive, but he's not. A lot of people know him. I recognize the name Alan Ladd Jr., but I wouldn't know what he did specifically off the top of my head. Um, okay, well, you're looking at uh, what are you going to be drinking tonight, John? That you haven't uh, already drank most of. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I have another uh, gin mule here, and then I've, of course, got some uh, uh, a lot less Dr. McGillicuddy's uh, apple liqueur here because I've been drinking that. And I've also had a Cosmopolitan, which are not good, strictly speaking. <laughs> but I'm trying to get rid of the mix because I bought it because I'm like, ah, this can't be bad. Yeah, I can. But also, it's not necessarily good. Huh. <laughs> Kathy, what's on yours? I have a gin and tonic. Okay. That's it. Just, just enter. Uh, I am going with uh, Mother's Brewing Company uh, Winter Grind. Uh, it is a uh, coffee stout. One of my favorites. Uh, as soon as you beer. said Winter Grind. As soon as you said Grind, I was like, okay, that's a coffee beer. Yeah. One of my favorites. Uh, Mother's kind of a semi-local brewing company. Um, I checked out as it combines two things. I would try that, I would not though. Drink. I like stout. Yeah. I would try that. It's got a good flavor to it. That's the reason why I like it. It's not just, hey, here's some hops. Hey, mm-hmm. remember, don't yuck at other people's yum. Yep. I'm not much for a hoppy beer, and so that's the reason why I like this. So, guys, make sure that you're safe out there. Make sure you're still wearing your mask when you need to. Make sure that you're still uh, being safe. Uh, help out when you can, where you can, and what you can. Um, and we'll see you soon. Cheers. 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 Damn, this is good beer. Man, and Captain Izzy, I'm with you there. The uh, Cannon Blast with Dr. Pepper, that's a good combo. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and move this over because I, like I said, I have a ton of painting to do. Not really. What the heck's wrong with my cord? Watch me, man. It's work here. <laughs> That's the exciting action shot of Gonzo. Yeah, exciting action around. shot. Uh, let's get to the Gonzo paint. Oh, that's hey, interesting. It does. I need to go to the liquor store. I'm running low on everything, and I need to. Kathy, what gin do you buy? I buy Bombay Sapphire. Because so I bought Beefeater, because that's the one I heard about, and everyone's like, nah, not Beefeater. I'm like, well, let me finish it so I can buy something else. Yeah, that one disappointed me. I mean, it's oh. great in the gin mule. But when I get it, I'll have to try another uh, gin and tonic, because I still have the stuff. And then we'll see. So I, I I wanted to kind of go back to the dragon lance thing that we were talking about in the pre ramble because something came up. Um, of course, to me that is the greatest fantasy world ever, in my opinion. It had the bold every. Statement. I guess it's to me. It is the best fantasy world and best fantasy 
thing that I've ever enjoyed in my entire life. I love the characters. I love everything about it. I thought it was... It's what really pushed me. Mm, Nope. I think, honestly, uh, D&D players will love it because it was so heavily based on D&D. I think if you're a D&D player, you'll love it because so much of the stuff is familiar. They just write it in a good fantasy way. Like, spells only usable once, and then they're gone from his memory. They write all that shit in, and they did a masterful job doing it, in my opinion. And I think... You'd like that stuff. It's a very good series. I enjoy the hell out of it. I didn't know. So I I read a lot of the books and a lot of the extra books and everything that was coming along with it. Um, And even some of them I thought was like, oh, this is not really good. But there's a total of 190 books based off of Dragonlance. And new ones coming down the pipe pretty soon. I didn't know it was 190 books, though. That's a shit ton of books about a, a single world. Uh-huh. I was like really I was I was kind of shocked that it was that many. So, I thought that was interesting. That was a, one of the facts I brought about brought up cuz uh, somebody goes, "I read the three chronicles. Somebody sh- should should I read the legend of Huma?" <laughs> uh, you don't have to. It's just you read the legend series. That's a good one. No, I forgot right. realms. I mean, Forgotten Realms got a ton of books, but it's not coherent by any stretch. Being I never read any Forgotten Realms either. There's I some good read stuff a there. lot of the the D and D books. I read, I read the first three, Drizzt ones. Those are Forgotten Realm books. Okay, I read, I read a, a few of the first Dragonlance ones, and this is only because I was living with somebody who had them. I read, uh, my friend had all of the Elf Quest comics. Well, I mean, ElfQuest. So, yeah, so I read those. They're doing it, radio sort of dramas of ElfQuest, Kathy. Really? They, like, have people, like, reading the lines and everything, and it's on their Facebook page. I just saw that this weekend. Huh, I was posting a hobby streak to the More Than Dice page, and that popped up, and I'm like, I am interested in that, I think. <laughs> That's what I'd like to find. Uh, the only problem I have is that so they made them for a while in color, then they went back and making them black and white. So I would prefer them in color. I'm not a huge black and white fan. I'm like, I understand that's a medium, but I like color better. It was the color ones that she had. They were the uh, sort of omnibus editions, the you know, with a bunch of different ones in there. Mm-hmm. I love Elfquest. Nice. It's a good story. I actually bought the Elfquest role-playing game on vacation in some beach in... In Nags Head, North Carolina, I think it was. Went to a shop, they had the ElfQuest game, I'm like, I'm buying that. Was it any good? I don't think... Uh, I mean, it was based off of RuneQuest, so no. <laughs> Too bad. I mean, RuneQuest was an interesting se- game, and if you wanted not D&D, it would definitely feel the not D&D vibes. But... Oh. Uh, to get towards our character thing, I thought the character generation in that game was a bit weird. Yeah? Yeah, it was a lot of weird choices and all and not very clear, which I think is probably the death knell of character generation. If your character generation is not clear, you got a problem. I spent today going through uh, the player's handbook for D&D 5th edition. 
That's kind of where our topic started off, because why are you going through the handbook, Kathy? I will be playing in a an in-person game with uh, some people that I know, and people I've people I used to play with on Monday nights, and a few other people, and they've been playing together in in this guy's world for a number of years, a lot, a long time. Some of them since college, <laughs> and uh, so it'll be interesting. So. Friday, I had a chat with him about the character that I'm doing, and I got more in-depth with this character than than I thought I would. And I also ended up, I don't, I usually just kind of go for a, a stock kind of character, not something where you're trying, you have to work with the DM to come up with a way to mesh, like, two different things together that are totally not in the rules. That's my jam. <laughs> but that's what we ended up doing, and he was willing to work with me on that to make it happen. But but today I had to just go through and examine my options, and I was I was trying to find stuff online, and I found the there's an E-Tools 5th edition site, and that seemed to be the most helpful of all of the places that I was looking. Uh, but really all I really wanted was just a, just a character sheet that I could print out because Why I... Why is it so hard to find a character sheet? I Googled, I Googled, you know, oh. the like PDF ones, you know, where you, you, you fill in the stuff and it does the math and stuff like that. Because I know they're out there, but I couldn't find anything. I don't have that. that but I could give you a character sheet. I got one very cool that one. That worked for like, me. No, you like know what someone... I did? I went old school. I got my notebook out. I got my pencil out. I went <laughs> strength, dex, con, int, whiz, cha, right down in a row. There some hit points <laughs> at the end, maybe, for stuff. feeling froggy. I actually tended to put AC and hit points of saving throws in the next column over, though. You know what? I feel like if you're playing D&D, or any game, really, you really should take the time at least once when you're creating a character to go through the book and do the whole thing with the book and figure out how all the modifiers relate to each other and everything. Look, Wait, I, hold on. I don't Are you saying you should learn the rules to the game before you play I, it? Because that sounds like optimism no. to me. No, I'm not saying you should learn the rules of the game before you play that. I never do that. But at some point in your journey of D&D or whichever game, you know, you do want to, to at least get the core book, you know, and 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 make a character that way instead of just taking a pre-gen from somebody or... You know, doing it on the computer, and then you don't you don't know how all your modifiers work. You don't know how they got there. So if you oh. get a special piece of item or, or a special magic thing while you're playing, that gives you bonuses. Now you don't know how to integrate that into your stuff. I'll be honest, Kathy. That is an absolutely great, great tip. Unless you're playing a champion slash the hero system, 
And if you're playing that, just use the fucking Hero Builder software. Trust me, it's worth it. <laughs> Not that I needed I can make a character without even the book. But in general, let's be honest. Honestly, I don't use programs as much as I can, uh, except with Hero System. And the Hero System's not because of knowledge, it's just because of quickness. Now, I'm the first one to absolutely be lazy and look for... Because I was, I was spending a bunch of time out there looking for things that automate the stuff. Where, you know, here's a list of all the feats or here's a list of the feats that this class can take. Here's a list of the skills that this person can do, you know, and have it just little, you know, select this drop down menu, you know, and done rather than paging through this book and then paging through this book. And then, you know, going back and forth through the different chapters because, oh, oh, I see that this gives me this. What does this skill do? Uh, Oh, oh, I get a feat. Okay, let me find the feats. And of course, in the current fifth edition rulebook, uh, it's really hard to find stuff, and the page numbers are practically invisible on the page. <laughs> so, it's a challenge, but yeah. it's worth it to, to try and do it at least one time so that you kind of understand the you know, the mechanics a little better. I would say if you're a player, you should try to do it one time. So if you're a GM, just fucking do it one time. You need to know how that works. Oh, yes. If you're yep. running the game, absolutely. That's and, kind of like the first thing uh, I do when I get a new RPG is after I get it, I'm like, okay, I need to build a character because that's going to be the first thing that's going to happen. Because you need to know what the character looks like. So you need yep. to know if... You need to know where your bad guys are. Even if you have the amount of, you know, GM experience Gonzo and I have and role-playing experience where we've seen dozens of systems over decades of time, we still need to know where PCs start. So, you know, you can know, like, okay, I can do this because the players are going to have this crazy thing. For example, in our current game, like, when the mage just cast a barrier on the halfling with the spear and the shield and everything, and the luck charm gave everyone, the bad guys have to roll six black dice, which are bad, in addition to all their dice, to try and hit him. And that becomes a thing, so I can send slightly meaner bad guys, because there's a shit ton of negative dice there. It's not like you're just going to murder him. Hell, they might not even hit him through the entire session. You need to know that, though, so you can garner the threat properly. Because systems are good at trying to give you threat levels nowadays, but they're not always coherent or understandable, or in some cases, even fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, this this is a threat level X, and my team should be able to handle threat level X, and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, this is a TPK. Um, usually it's the other way. Oh, this should be a tough fight for my PC. So they're like, ah, murder, 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 murder. Ha ha, murder. Yeah. Except maybe we'll take some damage or something. So, but you need to know that. So that's an important to note. Uh, but yeah, like I said, as a player, you need to know how the things work. You don't have to have total system knowledge, but you should know how your shit works. Yeah. And that was the thing I struggled with with uh, Shadowrun. Because I didn't have the actual books. All I had were 
uh, PDFs that were scanned images of books, which is very difficult to read. And I was just at sea. There were so many different books with all of the different equipment and everything that I needed. I never, I never was able to wrap my head around that sufficiently. See, that's when I do what I did with some players for my old Champions game. Uh, uh, and Morton Joe, who's probably not in the chat right now, he's having a heck of a time, uh, but occasionally is, uh, played uh, Champions with us, which is the Hearthstone rules, and he just told me what his character wanted to be, and I basically just built it for him, and he would say what he wanted to do, and I would just say, okay, roll this, and we'd see a result. That's, That's how perfectly I started viable. out role-playing. <laughs> it's perfectly viable in a role. Just it's a lot of extra work on the GM, and as a player, you should understand it's a lot of extra work on the GM, and you know, at some point, strive to learn the rules. Oh I yeah, mean, know, definitely. At some point, sure, I know you're just playing because you're having a good time with your friends, but a little bit of work on that would be good. Or just sock it up in the you know you're when your character isn't doing the stuff exactly the way you want it because you don't know the system and the GM's got to do the work for you and he's kind of fucking winging it. Not all GMs have equal skill in winging it. My first real D&D, not counting when I was a kid, my brother was running games when, when I was like 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was me saying, here's what I want to do, just like you were saying, but it was it was other players who were helping me yeah. make this character. You know, it was the other people that I was going to be playing with who were like, okay, you need to roll this dice and this thing. Yeah. And they didn't bother trying to explain why or what the rules were or anything to me, thank God. Because I wouldn't have understood those abstract concepts at the time. Yeah, you need to judge the, 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 a person like they're not quite in the mindset to learn the whys. Let's just tell them what. Yeah, and then what you so roll. that next to somebody who is, and we get into combat, or they would ask me what I'm doing. I want to use a certain skill. My friend would be like, "Roll this dice," and then he would tell me, "Okay, that's a success," or "Okay, that wasn't enough," and uh, you know. And eventually, I got to where I could ask the right questions about why, you know, this or that works. Yeah, it's, it's a hobby. Don't get upset if people aren't spending all the time in the world learning it because it is still a hobby. They don't want to be learning, like, all the ins and outs of the rules. They want to learn enough to have a fun time. And if they're having a fun time, it's it's okay. Yeah. That's, remember, that's how you win at a role-playing game. You're all having fun. Yep. And there may have been a couple people that thought it was it was just silly that I couldn't figure this shit out on my own. But the majority of people, you know, were fine. We're fine yeah. with that. You know, as long as I was there and I was having fun. And and, I'm uh, sure you were gaining stuff as you go. Like, so I'm doing this. So I roll this die. You'd be asking for, after a week or two, you're asking for confirmation, not do it exactly for me. what to do. Exactly. I mean, as long as people are progress people making progress it's all good it's it's a beautiful thing you know and i played with these people for years and they're and they're still friends of mine you yeah. know friends for life because of that it's it's all good like 
two people get upset, you know, like I put all this time in learning system, like it's okay. Like take yourself out of it. It's it's a hobby. If someone doesn't have the time or math is not their strong suit and you have to help with math, I mean come on, I play champions a lot and we're rolling, you know, ten to twelve plus D six at a time, not everyone's gonna add that up quickly. You know? Yeah, and it takes practice to get into the mindset for adding up things like that. Yep. And then you just, you know, you help them where they want help, let them go where they don't want help, and just, you know, as long as you're all having fun, it's okay. It's all okay. Xander can't math quickly. Yeah, I can't math quickly either, especially when I'm under pressure and a bunch of people are watching me and waiting. It's, then it's uh, like, I'm done, I can't, I don't know numbers. That's because, you're, that's because you're a more artistic type, Kathy, and it's okay. You have the mad art brain. I have the mad math brain, which is why my paintings. And uh, it's, you know, team up. I can help people math quickly. Like the current game we're playing, uh, Genesis, is all about symbols on dice. But you have the positive and negative versions. So quickly, it's a bit of, okay, these all cancel. Get those out of here. This is what I got left. Interesting. Yeah, so when you cancel what you cancel, and you're like, all right, you know, I've got two successes, but I got four threat. Or how much was it, Panion? Five threat or something? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Well, well Gonzo, he's casting like a fucking uh, barrier on himself, the horse, because he cares about the horse. And Spencer's character. And then he also wants to empower it a certain way, so he's rolling like fucking one, two, three, four, five. There's like five purple dice with that. And the stupid thing is, he's succeeding every time. Hmm. He just got a negative. But he's rolling like a shit ton of threats. So for the nice. second, it's the second for the second session in a row, every mage in the fucking time zone knows where he is and what he's doing like what is that necromancer over there <laughs> it's become a plot point oh, what a plan for that yeah banion be worried i get to have fun with necromancers on wednesday that's, that's why and enemy bodies are now a sort resource i have to keep track of i can't well it wasn't too many because you can have a bunch of zombies i gotta make sure to deplete them for the next battle Fuck. Just send oh. goblins. I did. They had goblin zombies with them. Send more goblins. They started the last fight with seven goblin zombies. But they ended the fight with two. Oh, we got Hail Hydrate again. Someone's trying to keep me from getting drunk. If you're drunk, I appreciate it. Cheers. He's the beverage marshal. Very well. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff with making a character. Um, Kathy, what do you like to go through as far as character background? Do you start the character before you come up with sort of like the background idea, which would it be? Or do you just go, I want to be this come hell or fucking high water? Weirdly, uh, some of the most fun characters they've had were pre-gens. Because I didn't have to think at all about <laughs> what I wanted to do. It was just there right in front of me. I'm like, oh, this character is this, and this is what their personality is loosely based on. And 
and they can do this. And I didn't have to make one decision and I just leapt right into it. And it was, it was great. On the other hand, I've also had characters like the one where my friend said, well, here's the list of, so he's doing this Cobalt campaign from Cobalt Press. And, and it's these scenarios with pre-gen characters. And he's like, here's my list of characters. And these are all ones that people are playing. And there's like two left. And he's, and one of them's a cleric. And he's like, you don't have to play these. You could just make a different one. Uh, but I was like, a cleric. I hate clerics. I hate playing clerics. Not like I hate clerics. I just don't like playing the cleric cast class. But then I was like, they're kobolds. What if... And, and I already know how these people are playing. It's, everything is silly. So I'm like, what if... What if my kobold is is healing people for cash? I heal you for cash money. You have no cash, I don't heal you. I can't help it. I I like that. That that's how worlds are built though. That sort of thing. Like the gnome necromancer, like, you know, where things are happening in the world because he's decided to play a necromancer and you know, but a nice necromancer. He's like, oh, I need to make sure the soul's left the body. It hasn't. Well, I'll give it a gentle nudge out of the body or I can't raise it yet. <laughs> you know, it, it it's that adds to a world, especially if you're bringing a pre-made world or a world where you're obviously any world where you start playing it is going to be your world after you start altering things. And that's yeah. fine. And I never would have come up with that character personality if it hadn't been well, here's this list of pre-gen characters and one of them is a cleric and all the other ones are taken. And he's like, but you don't have to play it. But I was like, yeah, I'll just stick with this. And then it's like, I hate clerics. What can I do? And then all of a sudden this thing just, it just came to me. Light bulb, cash yeah, money. Yeah, and that doesn't happen to me very often where I have a <laughs> an idea like that and it just, gets fleshed out within 15 minutes yeah uh i also i kind of and this is gonna sound weird i kind of missed the random role because you make some interesting characters that time one of my favorite characters uh, was marvel superheroes the old tsr version uh rolled them and just had this alternating like kind of good bad stat like i had this Captain America level fighting, but then my agility was like under human average. But then like my strength was like fucking Colossus level. I'm like, yeah. And then endurance about the same level. Cool. Then I had like Reed Richards intelligence, but like under average human intuition. So not only could I not dodge, I didn't even realize I fucking had to dodge. You know? And then there's like this this huge level willpower. I'm like, this is just cool. It's just a random connection of things. What can you make? And I like that sometimes. So sometimes you get, I tell stories of the one where we're like, we're going to roll 3d6 for stats, D&D obviously, in order, no rerolls, fucking just take it. And I had a fighter with like a 10 or 11 strength because I wanted to play a fighter. I'm like, I achieved it. 
And then I get down. I had like I had like a fifteen intelligence and a sixteen wisdom, or it was fourteen intelligence and fifteen wisdom, which are great. It's like, why don't you play a cleric or a wizard? He's like, nope, I want to play a fighter. <laughs> yep. So I played a I played a smart fighter. They're like, this is not efficient. Like it's not about efficiency all the time. It's not what you want to play. True. You know, oh, sometimes. Speaking of speaking of roles, I rolled for this 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 character that I'm working on for my Wednesday night game. This is not the this is not the Cobalt. That's for a whole different thing. Uh, but for my regular Wednesday night thing, uh, rolled up the stats and uh, for my fighter, and I got 18, 16, 10. 16. Fuck. 18. 9. <laughs> I've never, never, and never will again roll like that. I guarantee it. So I feel like that is an aloof and obnoxious, arrogant elf. No, no. There are no elves in Dan's world. He, he got burnt out on people pretending to be hippy-dippy elves in real life when he was in college and <laughs> uh, out at Ren Fairs and stuff. That's so, fair. So he doesn't have elves in his world. What's his equivalent? What's the, the aloof? I'm sad because I, I would play an elf, but it seems like... Because it's a perfect elf stat. Because you're like, like... Everybody seems to have this elf hatred. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but... But this is absolutely a perfect elven fighter because you're not super tough. So you're obviously not a dwarf or an orc or something. You're a little bit uh, fragile, but you're, but you're wiry. You're wiry. No, no. I'm uh So he has it where you, you put the stats where you, oh, where you well want. Then, well, then you're I mean, you roll fine. them, but you put them at any weight. I mean, it's, I mean it's strength, and then the dex is 10. So, so you're whatever. You can be whatever you want at that point. I, I, and then sixteen con, and then and then sixteen uh, intelligence, and then a nine wisdom. So she's got some impulse control issues. That's how I'll be playing that. Like she easily manipulated and uh, and impulse control issues. And then she has an eighteen charisma because why not intimidation. Now, see, she's probably one of those ones, I mean, probably intimidating, but she's probably intimidating and then sweet and charming and then he wants to perfect in social <laughs> situations, just the randomness. She's absolutely not sweet and charming. Let me oh. tell you about this. Let me tell you about this. We're going to nerd out on my D&D character for a sec. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, I think with 18 Charisma, you kind of have to be at some point because you're that I, charismatic. I decided... So looks aren't everything, okay? Uh, I decided, you know, presence is is a good thing. Self confidence is a good thing. That's why um, a lot of games separate those, but yeah, <laughs> they don't separate them in D and D. True. Uh, You're right. So my idea originally was reborn because I like the idea of the reborn the uh you know they were dead and now they're alive again but not resurrected but they were they were undead but now they're alive but not undead <laughs> so they don't have a lot of memories of of who they were before that 
not undead, Vanion, but a lie, actual living. Yeah, reborn. It's like a newer animal. thing. So, but not not resurrected. So they don't they don't remember their old life. You know, it may come in bits and pieces. Uh, and and they they could be stitched together. So my idea with this was, so what if parts of it are warforged just for giggles and uh, and, and she, so she's like this Frankenstein of parts. So and, she's a cyborg. And she doesn't even cyborg. She doesn't even know what race she is. She has no idea. Is she warforged? Is she is she human? Is she is she tiefling? Is she a hobgoblin? She doesn't know. She has no idea. Not a little gonzo. She's she's run. She's in the world, just trying to figure out where she fits in. Uh, what she's doing. Uh, she has. The only real memory she has is more like muscle memory. Like she's good at <clears throat> protecting herself. And kind of like uh, a Jason Bourne for that. Me, I guess maybe I haven't seen those, so I don't know. But you should at least see the first one. The first one is a very, very good movie. Yeah. It's solid. So it's so it's like that. So I I pitched this to the DM, and he was like. I don't really want to add in uh, another race from another book, <clears throat> which, you know, that's okay. So he decided, he said, hey, what about if, if she's Warforged, but, but she's sort of turning, you know, non-Warforged. We would say human, she's turning humanoid, I guess. Pinocchio? She's like, she's like Pinocchio, becoming a real girl. <laughs> okay. Like, somebody... Somebody... figured out where her soul was and who she was when she was Warforged. And so when she died on the battlefield as Warforged, they found her. And... started doing mad scientist shit. To try and uh, to try and make her back into a person, like into a flesh and blood kind of person. Yes, yeah, like Borg, Vanion. That's what I said. I'm like, she's. It's like she's a Borg. Yes, yeah, she's a fantasy cyborg. You've invented a fancy fantasy cyborg. That's yeah. So actually, so, impressive work. So we're we're working to to get that. You know, we're we're like. So there are parts of the Warforged uh, traits that that don't work, like the whole plus one armor with the integrating armor into your body and stuff thing is maybe a thing that she doesn't do. So what what can we give her instead of that? You know, just kind of a getting rid of a little bit of the Warforged stuff and adding other uh, more humanoid traits. Which, which seems really interesting, and I'm really excited to play it. There's this whole backstory that seems to be developing the more that we talk about it. 
And that's a good example of how just starting a character off and just letting seeing where it goes can develop a backstory. You don't have to be. Not every character in a group has to have all the backstory. Sometimes it's okay to be the supporting player if that's what your character's set up for. But, you know, you're the kind of character that's going to have a lot of things go, you know, be towards their plot, if you will, because... I feel like... The culmination of this one will be uh, when when somebody figures out that they can resurrect her. Because her soul is there. Even though she doesn't remember like who she is and stuff. But if they resurrect her, then she's not going to be a Warforged because she wasn't to start out with. They took her soul out of her damned body or her damned soul out of her old body when she died and put her in a Warforged. See, yeah, that, that's that, that's a GM playground. The GMs are like, excellent. So, because there's so, a yeah. whole bunch of shit that happens there. Dan, Dan and I have been going back and forth like, what if this? What if this? And, and you know? Players seem hesitant to try and do that, and they shouldn't. Now, you can't all do that, but don't hesitate to go like, hey, I want to play something special. I have this idea. Sometimes you'll shape a whole campaign around your character and that is okay. Uh, because sometimes it's what a campaign needs. You know, think about all the stories and all, you know. You know, like I... the five or, uh, Lord of the Rings is like, the Fellowship is, that's fucking Frodo's story for the most part. Frodo and Aragorn. Someone's got to be Frodo or Aragorn. Someone's got to be the big people, you know. You get the Sams in there. They have their own to shine, but they're still not the pivotal point of the, of the thing. And someone's got to be that pivotal point. And don't hesitate to ask if you want that responsibility, because there's a responsibility. It's rewarding as fuck, but don't hesitate to ask that, because the GMs love that shit. Give them something to use. I've never, I've never really had a character that was coming together quite like this one. I usually do play the, it it when it when I first thought I'll join, I'll just be a fighter and it'll be easy because I'm just gonna be a fighter with champions. It's the easiest kind of fighter to play, you know. But now there's all this other stuff. Yeah. And that, that... Uh, and and it's it's making it interesting and fun. In a way that I didn't expect. And it's what I, makes campaigns extra special because you have plenty of campaigns you play and you're like, it was fun, it was fine. You don't remember the details. That's okay. But then you get those ones where some crazy shit happened because someone did something crazy and you remember the fuck out of that. And then you're like, oh, remember the campaign where Kathy was that weird Warforge resurrected thing? <laughs> you get those. And it's important to do that. And as players, you have to be willing to talk to the GM about that. Don't hesitate to ask for something special. Like, it doesn't all have to be just by the rules. You can be like, I want to do this fucking crazy thing. All they can do is say no, make a normal character. You're like, okay, cool. True. Seven times out of ten, a GM is going to be like, yeah, we can Let's figure it out. Figure something out. Nine no, times. I'd say for you it is. But in oh. general, in my experience, playing with a bunch of different GMs, they I, aren't all I've never as, said as no forgiving because... and willing to work with you and be creative. There are some GMs I've played with that are very rigid. And uh, 
and and, and that's fine. want things by the book. And I think the GMs that have I've a problem had lots with that of fun with them too. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, nothing but... wrong with that. Uh, there's that guy on Twitter who said like, you know, he's like, I'm going to piss a lot of people off, but I don't play Session Zero. We don't make backstories for a character so much. We make a character, we start. They, he didn't say this, but basically murder, hoboing, and dungeon crawling. I'm like, there's nothing wrong and with I, that. And yeah. There can be I've fun been in that. a group like that, and, and that's fun, too. But that's also, technically speaking, part of Session Zero, because you have to come to the agreement, we're not trying to make some Lord of the Rings-style story or anything deep. We just want to kick out the door, kill the monsters, take their treasure, and see where it goes from there. Yep. And that's fine. I was going to say that one of the things that I've noticed playing in other people's campaigns trying to make unique characters or different characters and stuff. And a GM says, no, is sometimes they've been put off by that because they got somebody who's like, I want to have all the benefits of a Warforged, none of the negatives, all the benefits of a Ranger, all the negatives, all the benefits of a Necromancer, none of the negatives. Can I have that? I mean, that's <laughs> unreasonable, obviously. Correct. And I think that's what some people, some GMs are not, are not, but you should I'll say this. I will give someone a chance first time in the campaign. If they can do the fucking heavy lifting to go with that, goddamn right you can have all that shit. But you're going to do some heavy lifting. You better expect to be role-playing and doing all this extra shit. Like, if all you want is, uh, I don't need anything extra. Cool. It's all good. Let's have fun. But you want out something extra. You know, Creekins is my ex roommate. She did a lot of extra work role-playing-wise to keep things going and was always willing for weird ideas. And that made it super cool, which means cool stuff happened for her. If you just do what you do and you're just a cool character in there, well, then stuff doesn't happen for you, but that's okay. You still probably have fun, but you got to be aware of that. And not a lot of people are, and there's a lot of new people. I hope some new people hear our words from somebody, not just necessarily us, but try to do crazy shit. Try it. Think outside of the box. Yeah. And not always. I am perfectly willing in any role-playing game to fade into the background, uh, you know, to be the support character. Because it's okay. Someone's got to be that. Sometimes, even if you're a support character, the dice love you or, you know, the, the RNG loves you. And you get to be the absolute badass of the campaign anyways. That's happened to, to me. Balance. There has to be a balance. If, if you're the... You can only be the support character for so many sessions before... You're like, can can I just get a word in edgewise? Well, if you're playing a long <laughs> session, there's actually an old idea called rotating alphas where you will run with somebody's story for a bit. It'll reach a semi-close point, and then you will switch to another player, and then you get to run with their story for a bit. Now, that only works if your PCs have lots of stories. Like, that is the one wonderful thing about set game worlds. They can read up like, okay... I'm from this area, and I do this and this, and, you know, let's say I'm the lost prince of this area. Uh, my goal is to actually get enough support and power to go back and reclaim my birthright. Well, that's a hell of a thing to handle in a campaign, but it at least gives you direction, right? <laughs> like, you know, you you can understand where he's going. He's got, he's got a goal, and it may not ever come to fruition in the scope of the campaign. It may be way beyond what you want doesn't mean he can't start mm -hmm. so you need to look at that you need to be ready if you've got that idea go if something speaks to you if you say hey i see this go with it 
Now, sometimes it won't be it won't be possible. Like I had a campaign where a GM's for one of my paladins to be the main character, but there were a lot of older, more experienced role players who were forcing their way into the limelight, and I was willing to step back and be support. So I I, I skipped some chances I had to make things special, but sometimes you got to do that too. Now, only now looking back at it, I realized it would have been a much cooler campaign and story if I said yes and we forced those guys to the background, but they weren't really willing for that. But that's the kind of thing you got. That's the sort of space you need to reach with your game, with your crew yourself. You need to know who's going to be the quote unquote alpha. Gonzo, busy. You, uh, you didn't need to do that. He hasn't even realized yet. <laughs> and uh, you need to realize who's the alpha and whose story is leading it, and then go from there. No, I made oh, sure. You take them off. Yeah, I made sure. <laughs> oh, you were wearing them for way more than the thirty minutes. Oh, I know. I got uh, caught up, but I want to make sure she spends her points. See, that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> Mark uh, UK says playing a dampier is hard but rewarding if you have an adaptable DM. Uh, yeah, that's down. the key. Guns are down. Want to have the uh, the adaptable yeah. game master and as a, as a... willing to to work with you with with ideas and don't necessarily try with a new dm like let's say kathy gets her online game she's thinking about doing and she invites john john is inherently going to be a background character unless kathy wants someone to do something up front and and out there and then he will happily jump into that role but i'm perfectly happy to be the one in the back I, i've run many campaigns where i am the strong silent type I had one where my my line of the campaign was, you all talk a lot, but say little. Like, they'd be going through all this investigation and shit. It was an investigation campaign in a fantasy sort of world. And they'd be doing all this shit, and I would ask, like, two questions. They're like, fuck, man, John got all the good questions. That's all I asked the whole time. I was like, two questions. All right. Yep, yep. Sometimes it's like that, but sometimes your character, uh, it, that was Legend of the Five Rings, you know, the world, uh, my first character, Legend of Five Rings, was sort of way more in the forefront. He was, he sort of became the focus of the campaign just because of the way things went. You got to be as a player, and I know it's hard for newer players. A lot of newer players out there because of all the explosion of D and D, which is awesome. You've got to be adaptable. When that moment comes, fucking seize it. You will enjoy it. Talk with your GM. Like, if you're unsure after the session's going, if you're not comfortable, wait till everyone leaves and go, like, all right, I have a feeling I'm sort of becoming, uh, you know, you know, sort of a focus on this. What do we want to do with that? Am I misreading it? You know, don't – communications is the fucking key to everything. Talk to your GM. They're also technically a player. They're trying to have fun and help you guys tell a great story. And talk to your other players, too. Yeah. Like, may talk to GM first. If the, if the story is your story at that moment, you want to make sure that everybody else is is still along for the ride and and having fun. Yeah, you never know what you could be. Maybe maybe you could find out some. There's a lot of secrets in PCs. A lot of PCs have secrets. That's a secret people don't tell you. You might be able to get them to tell you a secret that helps put. Your their character into your story or vice versa and thus make both or either story just better. 
you got to just do it. I mean, it's there's no roadmap to, to, to role-playing. Like, honestly, none of us could have told you this when we started or even, you know, five years into when we started. It takes years and years to realize this. And, but you got to seize those moments when they come. Talk to the DM, see what it is there. Sometimes the DM's waiting for someone to go like, all right, I want to do something crazy. Like, ho, ho, I got an idea for you. Doubly so if you don't even have an idea what you're your character for. I mean, maybe they have some epic story they want to tell and they need someone to be, you know, some strange character that you'd never consider. Because most of us don't consider playing, you know, deposed nobility or anything like that. No one thinks about that, really. Or if they do, they don't They don't expect it to be the focus of the campaign. But if you talk to the, the GM, maybe, just maybe, that's an idea they can run with. You're just feeding them material. Like, that's one thing I like about a lot of games where they give you disadvantages or something like that, where you've got to make some character for your character. That's just pure material for the GM to eat up and go. Yep, yep. I was just going to say it's the flaws that make the character more interesting. Absolutely. Not the not the power stats. Exactly, you know, like... Uh, Shit, I know. have to uh, partake in alcohol a lot because I'm an alcoholic. And I, I have mean, the problems. Yeah. yeah. You're talking about a character, right? Yes. Oh, shade being thrown. <laughs> Motherfucker. Wow. I'm not worried not about the it. drunk one. <laughs> I'm seeing her in a couple of Making weeks. Making sure... Thanks. Indian says I was actually looking for the flaws in Genesis. Uh, they're not any. It's not that kind I of thing. I mean, you, it doesn't mean you can't make your own flaws. No. Yeah. You just don't get, you know, like the like some games have, for every flaw you have, you get some kind of advantage, you know. So we usually play Hero System, and in the Hero System, you have to take disadvantages. They're part of your character's overall points. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always used to say when we're playing superhero games... Please, please buy yourself a hunted, someone who's hunting you, because if you do not, one will be assigned to you by the GM. You're going to be hunted anyway, so you might as well take the flaw. <laughs> You're you a might as well get the point. You <laughs> might as well direct it a little bit. But sometimes that can create the whole thing. That can create you know, a huge part of the uh, the adventure. Oh, it's are... funny you should say that, and that's my character. She's being hunted in some fashion. They, that. That makes a huge, uh, huge difference. I mean, honestly, in our campaign, Banny, uncover your ears. Uh, that whole letting everyone know on the t- fucking time zone that there's a necromancer and what he's doing—you think someone's hunting him now? You think maybe, 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 maybe somebody just a little bit. Legionnaire said, "Sometimes I like being a background character as long as I get to be a role-playing snark when the alpha is being dumb." <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. this is good-natured snark. Like, I had a player come to me today and said, like, hey, if my snark gets too much for this person, let me know, and I will fucking throttle it back. You know, it's just role-playing, and, and sometimes we can get a little carried away by it. Brad's had a lot of weird moments like that. Ask him about Mars sometimes. What about Mars? But there's a lot of... It's a, it's a long story. <laughs> We've only got four minutes for media section, so it's not going to happen. But in the end, I think our overall thing was 
read the character creation rules, make a character through the rules in the book, just straight up so you can learn that part of it, how things work together. Talk to your GM and other players about characters. Like, if you don't make characters together, you should be talking to your players a little bit, other players a little bit, potentially, so you can maybe not be stepping on toes. Though the GM will solve a little bit of that. Um, but you also want to make sure that you're doing what you should be doing. And don't hesitate to take an opportunity given to you by a GM to play something special. If you want to play a dragon walking around a human form, you never know if that's okay unless you ask the GM. Spoiler, fucking, of course it's okay, but expect some bullshit to happen your way. Oh, anyone else have anything else to add? What are your favorite classes to play before we go into the media section? Uh, like, I, I love paladins and rangers. <laughs> That's my jam. Uh, Jinx, since I started it first. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I also like monks in certain systems. Yep. Um, just because they're really cool. Um, but I mean, I can also like you, you mentioned this earlier, we didn't really talk about it, but I can sometimes power game. Like I, when third edition came out D and D, I kind of just went monk and then eventually went static warrior and other stuff and just made this weird amalgam class that just did crazy shit. Why? Because it was fucking fun. Was it occasionally you were powerful? Kind of. Yeah. Was it super fun? Yep. yep. That's another good one, uh, Mark, is if you're a GM and you're playing in your world, throw back to all that other stuff. Dave's face, when I mentioned a certain old NPC, was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Which was perfect. See, I've before done the that. the game, he's like, are we doing this stupid thing we went to before? I'm like, no, but... Whenever um, I ran Earthon for this one group, and this campaign went on for a year, almost a year and a half, um, and I threw in my old player characters that we did that I played in Earthon with a previous GM and threw those in into the campaign, yeah. and they were like, wait a minute, you told me, wait, these are, I don't know, you got to go talk to them and find out who they are. Yeah, I mean, that's there. I mean... I threw a, a little, uh, one I didn't expect anyone to get except me in the first session, and then the second session I had another one. Uh, Dave got, well, I had three total. Dave got two of them, but did not get the other one. But, uh, lots of stuff there. We could probably talk about this for another hour, but I'd have to be more sober for that. But now it's the media section. Which I should not be sober <laughs> Kathy says she has like seven things to talk about, so we'll let her go first. Ha 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 ha. Uh, so, yesterday I watched two movies that are actually favorite movies of mine. And one of them was Tombstone. Oh, I man. also love Tombstone. It is. And, and watching it again, I'm, I'm like, this... And I'm watching it with a friend of mine who's never seen it before. Oh, the best. Yeah. And they're like, oh my god, that's Sunset. Oh my god, that's Kurt Russell. Oh my god, that's this, <laughs> this actor. There's this actor. There's this actor. Like, I don't know if the Wyatt Earp movie, the one named Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner is any good. 
because I never watched it because I just watched Tombstone instead. That is exactly because that movie came out in the same summer. Yep. And and I was in love with Tombstone. I saw it in the theater. Me and my friends and me and my friend Lisa went back the very next night and watched it again. It's it's that good a movie. It's awesome. Yeah. And and so like minus space herpes. It's like negative space herpes. You get another you get a bad movie <laughs> next to it and it's, it sucks away the space herpes. It's also endlessly quotable. If you've oh, seen absolutely. it, you've known so many lines. It's it's just a good job. Like And then towards the end then towards the end he's like Charlton Heston. Yep. I'm like, it's, yep. Charles Fester showed up for a part. Now, you know what? That's appropriate because, man. So, yeah. Honestly, Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer just fucking. They slayed it. Oh, oh, Michael Bean. Michael Bean, great. Michael (laughs) Bean doesn't take a lot of roles, but, man, Michael Bean always delivers. He extra delivers. It may be his best role. He was phenomenal. I didn't even, I didn't even know Michael Bean, like, really before that and then then i was like oh yeah he was an alien he was in this he was in this terminator but i'm like yeah yeah and i had seen that before but it just didn't register but with this movie i was like he arrived for me he arrived into my consciousness yeah i mean everyone even powers booth where he's in there does a great job there's just there are no weak performances in that movie in my opinion Mm mm-mm it's a classic. Absolutely a classic Western. Probably one of the best. It doesn't beat out my favorite, but man, it's close. Silverado? My favorite being Silverado, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my top Westerns, yes. I, yeah. I, would, I would agree with that. Now, if you ask me to absolutely rate Westerns, I would actually rate Unforgiven higher than both, but it is not my favorite. It's good. It's there's really, no really good. There's no question about that. But, but it doesn't have the same it's not fun so and adventure. I like the quirky thing. And yes. that's also why I like Maverick. Yeah, fair. Maverick's a little extra quirky, but I mean... It is. It is extra. It's very much a comedy. But if you make a top five, you can get that... You can, or, or any list, you can get that in there to sort of round out the complete opposite that Unforgiven is. Yeah, yeah. So zero space herpes, obviously from Kathy. Negative, obviously. like she said, it makes other movies better. In fact, if you watch that and Batman vs Superman, suddenly Batman vs Superman becomes much more palatable. <laughs> watch Batman vs Superman first with the promise of once you get done, you're allowed to watch Tombstone. <laughs> uh, spoiler, don't do that. Just watch Tombstone. God, I never saw. I never planned on seeing Batman vs Superman. I hadn't either, but. Trollton Heston had a problem, had a thing to say about that, and then had nothing to say, so I had to watch it a second fucking time. I'd say uh, just go watch Planet of the Apes next. Okay. And you could just do your get Charlton Heston, old Charlton Heston, young. Fair. Or, or you know, Tank Commandment. If you're I mean, into I, like a, an all day thing. How about True Lies? Just get old Charlton Heston and old Charlton Heston. I'd watch that again. Absolutely. That's a great film. 
Gonzo, what you got? Um, I watched uh, The Kingsman. Uh, oh, I love that. The King's Man? The King's Man, I should say. Not King's oh. Men. The King's Man. Different. Different. Yeah, the prequel to all those. Um, it's on HBO Max. So I also watched Free Guy, so we'll talk about that one. Um, I like The Kingsman and all the originals. This one I did not like. I was not happy with it at all. The plot was all over the place. The story progression was all over the place. It was like, oh, let's go take on Rasputin. Let's go take on Nazis. Let's go take... I'm like, this is well, just... Well, it shouldn't be Nazis over? because it's World War One and Rasputin. It should be Germans, maybe, but not... Okay. Not the Prussians, but yeah. not Nazis. But it was it was just all over the place. It was not... It didn't flow right at all. The story the, the, from part A to part B, it just like it would go from A to Q to C to S, and it was just it was it was bad. Um, the fight scenes in it were pretty decent. Um, your standard type fight scenes that you saw in all the other movies, um, so they were quality fight scenes. It's just the story was just all over the place. It was it was it just wasn't good. I was very upset. Not really, but it was just, man, they could have done so much better with it. Um, Captain Mizzi, I'll let you know after I see it. I'll give you a proper review. It was not, it was just, it, was, it wasn't It was solid. They could have done so much with it. The plot was all over the place. Acting was fine. Um, I just didn't feel for the characters. They just didn't, you know, have me like, oh, yeah, I, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, somebody's going to die. Oh, okay. And uh, scene. <laughs> anyway, type thing. <laughs> it just did not flow very well. It was just kind of a big letdown. Um, overall, space herpes wise, I give it like three and a half um, because it just didn't it didn't go right. Whoever did the editing, whoever did the writing, just did not think about pacing and progression more than anything. So I was, I was pretty upset about it. John, what you got? I only got the one thing. We'll talk you only got about the one the thing? End. Kathy, you got something? Yeah, almost like I worked a ton this week. <laughs> I did watch another thing. What'd you watch? Since I said uh, two movies, I watched Gunshy. These are both movies I've seen multiple times. Gunshy is the one that uh, came out in, I think, 1999. It was Liam Neeson, Sandra Bullock, Oliver Platt, etc. I've never and, even heard of this movie. And I love this movie. And my friend that I was watching it with, of course, had never heard of it either. Wait, Liam Neeson's in it? Yeah. There are two different movies called Gun Shy. Wow, because so. that, that was not the right movie at all. Let me try that again. <laughs> I, there it I is. discovered that there are two different so, movies. The one she watched is Gun Shy, two words. Yeah. Uh, it's a foreign movie, isn't it? And. Yes, it's a foreign movie. It has to be. I never thought of it as a foreign, foreign movie. Because the, the poster for it is not in English. Well, it's, it's all English. Interesting. And, and, and this. American actors and uh, Lisa and Sandra Bullock, Oliver Platt, underrated actor. 
generally oh, enjoyable and everything. Class. Love him. Ever since, haha, ever since the Disney version of Three Musketeers. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh, Michael Weatherly from uh, Super NCIS young is there, too. Super young Michael Weatherly. Interesting. Comedy, crime, romance. It And it is. It hits all those things, but it's weird. My friend sends me a message because we're simultaneously watching it. And he's like, this is this is a bit weird. I'm like, I'm like weird, bad, weird. Like you have to stop watching it. <laughs> is it I mean, too weird? I mean, okay. it's, it is not, it is not the standard movie. Okay. Uh, I appreciate it though. I like how there are no stereotypes. Everybody is flawed, but it's funny flawed. Not, you know, drama flawed. Okay. It's not. It's not depressing as fuck flawed. <laughs> ah, so not a, not a classic Japanese movie. Noted. <laughs> but I, I love it. I love it. I love the music that's in it. Uh, I'm always smiling at the end. And uh, yeah. Zero. Sounds, yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like a zero. Zero. <laughs> they serve me. It uh, is concept? very unpredictable. Unpredictable. Interesting. I might put it on my list, but man, I don't know when I'm going to get time to watch and I got a yeah. big backlog. But it is now on my radar since I never knew it existed before. Well, hopefully uh, you find it entertaining and not too weird. Counselor, you watched uh, Free Guy. I did watch Free Guy, of course, on HBO Max. I watched it first before I, mean, I watched The King. You could have watched it on Disney Plus instead. Well, I had a HBO Max open when I was perusing. So here's a funny thing, people, and this may not matter to most, but it actually is important where you watch stuff because they're going to record your numbers. So keep that in mind when you're watching something that's on two platforms, which is very rare. Let's look at free guys on two platforms. So think about that when you're doing it. So I watched yeah. it, and uh, I'm going to go spoilers on this. So if you haven't watched it and you don't want to be spoiled, you may want to go away for a little bit because we're going to spoil guys. this. No. <laughs> Bye, <guys. laughs> um, so the first half of the movie, uh, it was kind of standard, predictable, you know, Ryan Reynolds, ha ha, he he, cool stuff. The ending part of the show was the best part of it. It oh, yeah. actually was so much more fun. And I'm going to say, this movie does not try to make it more than what it is. They no. know this is a complete campy type, make fun of everything going on, make fun of RPGs, just have a good time going on but stuff. Not, but not hatefully make fun of Correct. It. Yeah. Ooh, we got some lightning going on. If, uh, power oh, goes out. Sorry. You oh, hear that? I heard that thunder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, my, my window just lit up. I have a big window right in front of my thing. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Um, like I said, the first half was a little, you know, eh type thing. The second half was a lot more fun. Uh, Chris Evans makes an appearance in it, and it is one of the best things in the entire thing. I love about that. 
but it is it, definitely amusing. It, was, it definitely was a great line and was very funny. Um, I think it was hilarious, all the buildup uh, to uh, Ryan Reynolds' character bringing out a lightsaber, which was a very unique thing because people don't understand that he actually called it a lightsaber instead yep. of a laser sword because he was legally allowed to. And I'm sure that was, you know, that's the reason why it was such a big deal for him to call it that. And people were like, yeah, yeah, it's a lightsaber. Um, Because there are so many times you can go to watch pretty much any movie before this that was not a Star Wars movie and it's a laser sword type thing. Um, The superimposed face of Ryan Reynolds on Dude (laughs) is just completely outrageously... Stupid, but so oh, funny. That the whole stupid. idea of dude actually fits so perfectly of a game designer who doesn't even fucking understand. He's just trying to capitalize on what's popular. Correct. And Taika Waititi did a great job in his brief moments in his roles. Correct. Um, uh, I think it hits the right notes for comedy. At no point was like... <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I felt like the quasi-love story in there was actually not too sappy. No, it didn't, it didn't push it that all, boundary. Then at the end, it just made perfect sense. You're like, oh, shit, I see why now. It all makes... I mean, okay, I saw that beforehand, but... Correct. Yeah, you, you see it pretty much they once let, you start subscribing. They let you it. figure it out. Like, if you're not... If you're watching it, you might not notice it, and that's okay. But if you're paying attention, like some of us watch movies a lot, too, like, you'll see everything set up. You're like, ah, it all makes sense, and that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it was... <laughs> it was cringe for Xander. <laughs> Um, I had, I had a good time. I, I, I can see this as someone that has played a ton of MMOs and knows like the GTA type theme that they were kind of going for. I see all this crap and everything that goes on and, you know, I, you can see that this would be, you know, it's a poke fun at the, the, the community, poke fun at the, the, the group and the games and the MMOs and it just had a good time with it. Yeah. Uh, was, was I expecting, you know. Oscar-winning performances? Hell no. Was I expecting to have a little, get a little chuckle, some cool special effect, maybe some good action? Yeah. I would say it was probably a little better than I thought it was going to be. I, I too. I, not I was like, like a ton better, but like, like yeah. That's that not bad. That wasn't bad at all. I, I could I could do that. I actually uh, rewound and went back to the beginning of the dude and Ryan Reynolds fight just to watch it again because it was just it was just fun to watch again type thing um overall i give it like a yes. one space herpes type yeah, thing Xander, the, the buddy between the two was good yeah um but i mean like i said it knows what it's trying to do it knows what it's trying to accomplish it's not trying to be anything else but that um and i had a good time i suggested it. it's a good you know not it doesn't go on forever but I mean, it's it's a quality sit and turn your brain off, laugh, have a good time. Go, oh yeah, I know what they're talking about. Especially if you played MMORPGs, MMORPGs type thing. So I'm more produced now, not really. <laughs> so, all right, John, you want to go with yours before I do anything else? Uh, before we do that, I can say, like, apparently, the Batman is getting good reviews. I, I've heard I've heard that it's good. It's just some people got some issues with it, but overall, so good. Like some the only bad thing I've heard is everything. So, 
I will say there are multiple issues I've heard. One is that the only credible one I've heard is that it's long. Mm-hmm. The other one is that it's quote unquote woke. Oh, I don't and care. Anyone about who it. says that unironically, I just roll my eyes and tune them out. But the uh, the uh, only I, negative things I've heard is the course of the how long it is. Yeah. And um, the other one I heard was too much of staring into the dark and long walks and kind of like a too much of a long emo scenes and everything. I mean, to be fair, it's Batman. Batman should be the king of emo. Yeah, well, they didn't say it's what it was. Nobody has spoiled anything, which I think is great on my feeds. Um, uh, I do know that I a lot of people said that, that this is this is more of the detective Batman. Yes, and I was in for that because I'm sick of Ninja Batman, and I don't mean the movie. I mean, <laughs> Batman as a ninja. I'm much more for Batman, the world's greatest fucking detective. Yeah. yeah. This this one was more a detective Batman than the Ninja Batman. And I'm interested. I will see it. I don't know if I'll see it in the theaters or not. I'm Batman not with his super crime-solving computer and his... And apparently his Batmobile is awesome. And a couple of the scenes were some of the best scenes in Batman movies ever, which I'm interested to see. I'll probably see it sometime this week. I'll go to an early showing. Not unless my boss decides to be nice and let me use uh, time that we don't technically get to use. Because I work a shit ton of hours. You're sick, John. I have to use PTO for that. I don't have a lot of PTO. (laughs) That would would make it difficult to go on a vacation later in the year. So, all right, so let's go with this week's Picard. started Picard. Episode one. Season two. Season season two, episode one, yes. Um, let's start with, I did not feel like the episode was bad in any way. The I will agree with you on that. The episode was very good, very interesting, um, broke down some things in, oh, Sandra's just going straight for it. Yep. Uh... uh, uh Definitely adding some backstory to Picard and why he is the way he is. And I think that's very cool. Yep. But the thing that stood out to me, one, for fuck's sake, I am done with the fucking Borg. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. They have, they have crossed from, it's not the whole thing, but they're they're a big part in the first half. I'm done. No more. Give me something new. You can't, you can't keep doing it. There's so much other things in there, in there, in, in fucking thing. You can't just keep throwing the Borg, the Borg. And... But it's what's popular. It smacks of just trying to make it cool. Um, and then, as Xander said, it looks like they're going to travel through time. And and they travel through time because of one individual. I mean, he was in the fucking... He was, he was spoiled. It was Q. Yeah, it was Q. Q is back. His, the He's scene in the trailer. where he shows up and then ages himself is well, very good, well played. John yes. Delancey does a great job. Like again, the actors do a great job in all their parts. Correct. Like the first episode, I had no problems. Then I saw the teaser for the second episode, and I was like, "For fucks," or for the series, I'm like, "Fuck's sake!" <laughs> I don't like. I'm gonna watch it all. I'm gonna watch it all, but for fuck's sake, can you not come up with a fucking original plot line? That's what made season one so interesting. It was stuff that was present in the series, in the next mm-hmm. generation for the most part, and then carried through. The Borg was there, but not like a super big thing of it. You're like, okay, cool. And now you're like, what do we got left? Uh, some Borg and some time travel. Save the universe. Hi, yeah, for <laughs> fucking fuck's sake. That, that's the whole thing is they're traveling and it, they're traveling to not too far distant future of our timeline. 
which is like, yeah, uh, no. I'm also worried how this all pairs up with Discovery. And typically I say it doesn't. And that's a problem. Not a huge problem. I'm okay with conflicting timelines, but you want one to be the Star Trek timeline. You need one. You need one. Discovery's far in the future now, and yes, I've seen that far into it, that you need to make sure things are lining up right, or you're going to need to find to write Discovery off. It always seems like they're ready to do that with the way Picard's going, because Picard's way more popular, even though they make way more emphasis than Discovery. Too many. See, and I, I think Discovery's doing an amazing job right now. I'm enjoying the hell out of the new season. Uh, still in season three. Yeah, but I mean, I'm enjoying it. They've gone through changes. It's a, it's developed and it's progressed, and yeah. characters are coming and going. You know, there's there there is a universe, not just a starship, and I'm enjoying well, it. Plus, in front of Star Wars or Star Trek, Brain John, uh, they did announce that the they're coming back for Star Trek uh, Four for the uh, the new crew. They got, I mean, apparently everyone realized that they don't exactly have the hottest prospects in the universe, and that coming back to this is actually a good thing. <laughs> Chris Pine's the only one who's super-duper popular, let's be honest. Yeah. But I'm interested in that. Uh, Captain Z says Discovery 4 has me in the, my feels, which is good. I like Discovery. I have, uh, like, honestly, I think maybe bad press probably hurt Discovery Season 1 more than it should have. Yeah, I think so, too. Discovery 1 was good sci-fi, bad Star Trek. Discovery Season 2, great Star Trek. Uh, I don't know if Picard's going to be good Star Trek. Right now, Episode 1 is a good Star Trek. But we will see where it goes with the rest. It might surprise us. Our, now our uh, our expectations are considerably lower than before, so we will see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I like this. We're still going to watch it. The staff or not, because yeah. there's... Everyone made an appearance in, except for the one Romulan douche, made his appearance in the first episode, which is cool. But I don't know if they're all going to be in all of it. Yeah, I mean, so far, like this, we'll still watch it and see how it goes, just whether, you know, it's... Uh, I'm kind of like on that teeter. I'm like, uh, okay, well, let's keep watching it. See if it gets... Like I said, for fuck's sake. Yeah. They got me to go for fuck's sake out loud. So hopefully, hopefully it just keeps getting better. Yeah, hopefully it is. I mean, I'm, I'm relatively, and then I'll need to start watching other stuff. Um, so a new series started up, HBO Max. This is the reason why I was on HBO Max when everything came out. Uh, and Captain Mizzy has already said what it is. Our flag means death. Uh, <laughs> comedy pirate show. Uh, 30-minute episode, so it's easy to get into. Uh, easy to watch. Um... First episode, I didn't like it at all. I was not... I was like, oh, man, this show's going to be... Oh. They were try, it's like they were trying too hard to be funny, if you know what I'm saying. Just trying way too hard to get you to laugh. And I'm like, uh... Episode two, still a little bit... Episode three, started to get a little bit better. Um, still going to give it some time. Uh, still going to watch it. It hasn't got me completely shut off like uh, Peacemaker did, but it definitely, this episode three kind of redeemed itself, in my opinion. And so, It's funny, because late Peacemaker looks like it might have some interesting stuff, but I 
don't really care enough to get there. I know. That's what I've been saying, too. Everybody's like, oh, just go get through the first, like, seven episodes and you'll like it. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just exaggerating. I'm going to not support stuff that uh, is <laughs> terrible and hateful and not good humor. I'm going to not support that instead. Yeah. So I'm going to keep on giving it a try. Like I said, it's 30 minutes, so I can, like, eat it while I'm eating breakfast. You know, watch it while I'm eating breakfast. Eat it while I'm eating breakfast. Watch it while I'm eating breakfast or something and, you know, have it have a good, good one there. But it so far has got me with a eh, okay type thing. Um, I am going through uh, Vikings Valhalla, which is on Netflix. Uh, the entire season, first season, is on there. Whether it gets second season, no clue. Um, learned a, bit, a little bit more. It is a hundred years after the original TV show, um, and at first I was kind of put off by it because it was really they kept on referencing the old tv show a lot in the first episode and like the second episode they were just referencing and i was like i don't want to hear about that i know that story i know who those people are give me what your story is and eventually they get there um it just took a little while at the very beginning i'm hoping it's really good i love you know good viking stuff i love that time period um I think I'm on episode five or so, uh, but it's, it's, it has gotten better, which I am happy for. Um, this kind of follows um, uh, Eric the Viking's son or something like that, neighbor. Eric the Red's son. Um, thing. I don't know if there's any truth or actuality to the actual story. It's just kind of who they're kind of putting uh, a spotlight on. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's been a lot of fun so far. Like I said, first episode or two, kind of just kind of mm, forget about the old series. Give me the new stuff. And they did. They eventually got there, and it's been much better to watch, much easier to watch, much more fun uh, type thing. So, other than that, um, no rating on it. I'll wait till it's completely done, and I'll give it a good rating. Um, but it'll definitely, it's still on my list to watch. The only thing I have to talk about is, I said you guys a quote about this uh, Friday. I'm trying to get through The Legend of Vox Machina, but it's like, it is way pre-adolescent at points, and it's hard yeah. to get through sometimes. You know, like, I think it, if... It's a terrible fucking mistake. Like, having characters play punch each other's nuts as a game is not even anything my PCs have done, and my PCs are like fucking 12 sometimes. <laughs> And I think I don't if know they would have took the Bard from, out, it would have been a whole lot better series. The Bard is definitely problematic, but it's not just him. It's that Correct. plus the other bullshit. You're like, like come on, are you are you guys really 12? Yeah. Like, really? This is, like, I don't listen to Critical Role, but from what I've heard, they are generally higher brow than this. Yeah. This is very, 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 very... I don't want to say immature, but that's the best way yeah, to put no, it. Yeah, no, immature. Yeah. And it makes it hard to watch, because that's where I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, it, it pulls you out of the story. Exactly. That's the problem. It's, it's off-putting. It's not... Yeah. Like, the bard isn't always off-putting. Like, I made it through the nut punching, and then the bard started, like, I couldn't handle both. It, like, like this, the one movie I've never watched all the way through, the South Park movie, it just trips my stupidity circuit breaker. I'm like, fucking out. I can't anymore. <laughs> 
Yeah, it it, it, it it takes you away because you're watching it and you're like, oh, this story's cool. This action's cool. And hey, you like sucking dick? You're like, really? No, Baniam, because Kung Pao is that way the entire way through. It yeah. sets its rules and follows it 100% of the way through. That's what you don't realize. And I'm okay with that. No, Correct. Captain Missy, you, you and Baniam can sit there and be wrong. It's okay. Like, I understand why you guys don't like it. It's cool, but it's a totally different thing. It, but it's meant to be the way. Vox Machina, it's like, here's a really cool story. Here's some a little bit of comedy. Here is... Oh, hydrate. Dick jokes. Throw out... Wait, but let's go back to the serious story again. It just really puts it's, off. It's too... It is exactly the thing I complain about with uh, Taika Waititi's early stuff. It's the reason I don't think that um, the third Thor movie, whose complete name is escaping me, why I don't think it's the best Thor movie. Because every moment of gravity is just fucking destroyed by some joke. And, like, I understand having some tension breaker, but you can't take a moment of gravity and just joke about it it just destroys the whole part of the movie you cheapen the movie by that you take what you've earned and they're like ah jokey joke and like you know go fuck yourself <laughs> yeah it, it it pulls you away from the story too much in yeah. my opinion other, other than like that, that i enjoyed it i just i can't get i keep starting episode three and like fuck <laughs> Uh, I agree with you, Sandra Boyle, and I think Thor 1 is great, and I think it's the best of them. Though, I mean, I agree that four, Thor 3... What the fuck is Thor 3 called? Ragnarok? Ragnarok. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, almost I knew like something John didn't. It's almost like I've been drinking for hours. <laughs> hours. Almost. And hours. Um, I, it's fun, and I like it, but it's not great in the same way the Guardian scenes in Infinity War aren't great, because... It's just the it's off putting and takes you out of the movie. You know, like like I'm sure if they were sitting around the table and nut punching and rolling dice, well that might actually be more funny. But in a series like this, it just takes you it just destroys your suspension of disbelief and you're like, and fucking I'm out. <laughs> so so. anybody else got anything? I still got alcohol left. I still got alcohol. That, I got a little bit of beer left. It's uh. It is time to go the end though. Of the podcast. It is the end of the podcast, guys. We're gonna send you out to Vlieger Dragon, uh, where they are doing some more role playing. Y'all can go over there and say hi, give them a follow and a like, uh, before you go anywhere. Um, guys, please be safe. Please yep. take care of each other. Please reach out if you need someone to talk to, hang out with, whatever. Uh, don't forget, John, are you possibly going to be doing any streaming next week? Uh, Sunday, sure. I can't guarantee anything during the week right now. Okay, I'll probably be doing a little bit more streaming because I need to get these models painted and I like to have people give did, me shit while did I Did you it. stream last week at all? No, last week was bad for me too. I'll be streaming. Kathy! Hey, Kathy! <laughs> Kathy streams. Kathy, what are you doing? I'll be... I'll be on Tuesday. I will have my very first uh, episode of Kathy Paints on Gen Con TV, which is on the 
Gen Con TV Twitch channel. <laughs> and uh, aside from that, I will be doing my normal streaming schedule Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on my channel, always starting at 3 p.m. Central. Uh, the Kathy Paints on Gen Con TV starts at 7 p.m. Central. So it's Kathy in prime time painting miniatures. <laughs> but is prime time ready for Kathy? <laughs> no. Prime it's time is ready never ready for Kathy. Damn right. <laughs> Guys, we appreciate everybody listening and everybody hanging out. Um, go check out all of us when we do our other streaming. Go check out Kathy when she's doing her streaming. Please be safe. Please take care of each other. For more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm drunk. I'm Kathy. Good night. You want to solve this? More alcohol. Drink more alcohol. Ginger peach tea. That doesn't actually sound good, but is it good? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>